All right. What a privilege to be in God's house and to have the privilege to be able to open his word tonight. I must admit, I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous, and I definitely have been in the weeks leading up to this. But um, a friend of mine reminded me that though I might be nervous, Jesus has been preparing me to preach for some 21 years, even if I've only been preparing for a couple of weeks. So let's just, we'll, um, we'll just get right into it. If you'll open your Bibles to Luke 7, Luke chapter 7. And we'll be reading from verses 36 through to 50. And may God bless the reading of his word. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. So Jesus came into this Pharisee's house and this Pharisee who was later mentioned as Simon, he has invited Jesus to him. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat, so once she had found out where Jesus was, look at what she did. When she, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed the feet, his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, not out loud, which is interesting because this is the only recollection of this event where the mind of this Pharisee is revealed, within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And what's interesting here is that Jesus is now addressing what's inside of Simon's heart. He's obviously God and he has the ability to look in and he's going to answer it with a parable. And when, he, and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? So now Jesus is creating a correlation between the parable he's just made and Simon and this woman. Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. In Bible times, it was understood that when a, a person would visit your house, it would be expected that there would be a kiss of greeting, that to know that they are welcomed into your home, and a basic um, cloth and water would be provided to wash one's feet just to meet the, the very practical needs and the most basic of hospitality in their society. In verse 46, My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. 
go in peace. All right, I'll now just pray and we'll get into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the privilege that it is to come into your house, Lord, that, Lord, this night you have appointed me, Lord, to be your mouthpiece. Lord, I pray that you would, you would cut away anything of myself, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would just speak. Lord, I pray that you would use me, Lord, just to minister your word. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me the strength not to be nervous and Lord, just to be an effective witness of you. I pray these things in your holy name. Amen. All right. So I just want to give us some, some practical points from, from this passage. As we know, the, the word of God is timeless. And although this parable and this story might be relating to this particular woman this, and Simon at this time, it still has application for us today. The first point we're going to have a look at, if you'll turn back to verses uh, 36, we'll see how each of them is presenting themselves before Jesus. In verse um, 36, Simon invites Jesus to come to where he is. Simon is bringing a little bit of Jesus into his life. He's, he's bringing Jesus in. But this woman, what's interesting is that where she is in verse uh, 37, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. When she knew, she went to where Jesus was. She didn't wait for, she didn't just want a little piece of Jesus. She wanted wherever Jesus was, and that's where she was going. She went straight to him. And when they were with Jesus, Simon didn't even offer Jesus the most basic of hospitality. That would be shown to anyone. He just wanted, I, he just wanted to have Jesus for the curiosity's sake, to see what manner of man this was that was performing all of these miracles. How often can this be in our own life that we might find ourselves perhaps judging the very character of God and or His intentions? Where we might be serving in a ministry and there's someone that we don't particularly like. And we, be, we can judge in of ourselves, oh, why has God called this person to serve with me? But what a faulty mindset it can be because we're all just as lost and just as evil sinners. It's only by the grace of God. And this is something that Simon is, in this passage, he's having a, a real difficulty with his pride and getting humble with the Lord Jesus and his true place in his in Romans 3, verses 10 to 12, the Bible reads, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The sinner comes before Jesus. She goes straight to his feet. She doesn't come to even in front of him. She comes to his back. She comes in his shadow, instantly humble, so much so that she's weeping and broken before him. How do we come before our Lord? Do we come proud or do we come humble before him? Now, perhaps we might not be able to come before him physically or cry on his feet and wipe them with the hairs of our head, but we still have the ability to serve him even today. And the way in which that we do this is by serving others and by coming before him in prayer. In Matthew 25, 40, um, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye... Um, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren yet have done it unto me. If we want to love the Lord, we have to love his brethren. And when we do, uh, when we serve him, 
Are we, are we looking to pray unto him for, for curiosity to see what Jesus might do? Or are we, are we seeking him to be the answer to our needs? Are we coming to him at the bottom? And it's complete submission to his will. When we pray, do we pray, Lord, this is, this is my plan, this is what I need, this is my physical circumstance? Or are we coming merely with a need and saying, Lord, whatever your will is, Lord, let it be done. We're that sinner. Simon was that sinner. And the only question is, will we come humbly or will we come in arrogance and pride? The next point I'd like to look at is this parable that Jesus introduces in verses 41 to 43. And we'll just, we'll just quickly read this again. And why behold... Uh, no, next page. Uh, 41. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Now, in this analogy, Jesus himself is the creditor. He himself is the one who is owed. And Simon and this woman, they both owe him, as we all do in our sin. And these two people, and the Bible reads... Um, and the one owed 500 pence, and the, he frankly forgave. So each of them owed Jesus something. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Now, Jesus is trying to get to the heart of, of Simon here because Simon has a faulty mindset of Jesus. The debtor who is forgiven of little, in response, loves the creditor little because he's only been forgiven of little. But the one who has been forgiven of much, in turn, loves the creditor much. Now, this doesn't mean that in any way our, our loving of, of God is what saves us or that gives us forgiveness of sins, but it is Jesus is using this to, to humble Simon and to humble you and I into a place where we're willing to confess in complete humility just how, how broken and wretched we are before him. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But only if we come in humility. James 4, 6, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God will forgive us. God will forgive, God will forgive Simon, but Simon views himself above the sinner. But in truth, he's just as lowly. It's not that Jesus is unwilling to forgive him. It's that he's unwilling to acknowledge his sin and see his need of Jesus. Simon has brought little love um, to Jesus because he thinks himself lofty. But the sinner in verse 46, uh, 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Her, her great love is the expression of how much the Lord Jesus has saved her from. She couldn't hide her sins behind her pride anymore. And because she was willing to be saved from all her evil and not just a part, because she came humbly, Jesus forgave her all. The sinner comes ready to worship, to ascribe worth unto the Lord Jesus, to bring the alabaster box, all that she has, her money. She stands behind him in his shadow, in complete submission, whatever his will may be. She comes weeping, humble, not caring what others will think of her. And she comes serving. She presents her body a living sacrifice. Her tears, she, she wipes his feet. And with even her body, she, she wipes them with the hairs of her head. 
And finally, she anoints his body with the oil. She gives up all that she has. In, a, in light of that today, both of these people owe the, cre- owe the creditor. We all owe the Lord Jesus. We all owe the Lord Jesus 500. The sinner is just the one who sees that they owe the full 500 and not just the 50. The proud merely bring a little to Jesus. They don't serve him. They don't worship him. Thinking they're more righteous than the sinner and seeing that they only owe him 50. They only see a portion of their sin. They only see a portion of their need and because they have a faulty mindset of themselves, they have a faulty mindset of how much they should love the Lord. In verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. How much do we love the Lord? Is how much that we've been saved from, from death and hell and from all of our sins, from all unrighteousness, that the chains of sin are broken? Do we love him in, in an equivalent amount to how much he has saved us from? Do we love him the full 500 or merely the 50? Let's also just consider the end of the matter. Simon's pride has kept him from loving the Saviour more because he's unwilling to get right with Jesus and be forgiven in much because he thought himself better. Pride is the greatest destroyer of people. Satan himself, pride is what cast him down. It is pride that causes people in this world to reject the Lord Jesus and to go their own way. It's pride that causes you and I today to not get humble with our Lord and to confess our sins and to rebuild that relationship. The sinner comes to Jesus in a heart of humility and has found forgiveness. She's come broken and she's mended. Though her sins be as red as scarlet, they're all washed away. Her tears are wiped away and Jesus has heard her prayers. Though everyone else is judging her, he has forgiven her. And finally, in verse 50, the Bible says, And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. She's found peace. All of her sins, all of her debt is wiped away. If you're here tonight and you love the Lord Jesus, that's a great thing. It's an amazing thing, in fact. But an even greater question isn't do you love the Lord, it's how much do you love him. If you might love him intellectually, you might love the fact that he was a great prophet, that he has great literature surrounding him. But unless you love him intimately, unless you have a complete love for him, how can you be saved? How much you love him will dictate every other aspect of your life and ultimately reveal how much of your life and your sins you've relinquished to his control. The sinner is ready to worship. It stands behind in submission to, comes weeping and broken that Jesus might mend them, is washing his feet whose body is presented a living sacrifice, kissing his very feet the absolute least of his being is ascribing complete and utter worth to, and finally anointing him, ascribing all worth, all that they have under him. If you're finding that you're not loving the Lord Jesus as much as this woman, and I can definitely say I am, if you're not holding up, on to the salvation and the peace he gives, I'd encourage you to get real humble tonight, to remember that all that Jesus has saved you from, from every sin that has shackled you throughout the years, 
He has given you freedom. To remember the full 500, not just the 50. To come as she did. To remember just how much you owe him and come broken before his feet. Because a heart that loves Jesus is a heart that's willing to be saved from all 500 and not just 50. Thank you.